It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Wednesday, January 4th. This is your KVMR Evening News. As we step into 2023, the California Report looks at the state's changing demographics. For the first time in California's recorded history, the state's population decreased. Details ahead. Then we've got your local news and winter storm update. On Tuesday, seven Nevada County elected officials were sworn into office. KVMR news producer Julia Jem was on the scene. And we close with KVMR science correspondent Al Stoller as he looks at the bomb cyclone heading straight for Northern California. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Rain is already falling in Northern California and the Bay Area, and also here in Southern California, and more rain is on the way. It's all part of the latest major storm system to hit California, a storm that's expected to bring widespread flooding to parts of the state. In the Sierra Nevada, the mountains are blanketed in feet of snow. That snow is important because when temperatures rise later in the year, it'll turn into liquid water and help replenish reservoirs. KQED's senior climate editor Kevin Stark reports. Measurements from officials with the California Department of Water Resources show the snowpack near Lake Tahoe at 175 percent of January's historical average. Sean Guzman leads snow surveys and forecasting for the state. He's cautiously optimistic. Our snowpack is actually off to one of its best start in the past 40 years. However, that doesn't mean we're out of the woods quite yet. And we must continue to remain vigilant and continue to conserve water. Last year's January survey was similarly robust, but the snowpack disappeared during one of the driest winter spells in California's records. For the California Report, I'm Kevin Stark. Yesterday's no-drama swearing-in of a new U.S. Senate was overshadowed by the repeated failure of Central Valley Congressman Kevin McCarthy to win election as the next Republican Speaker of the House of Representatives, that because of opposition from hard-right Republican members of Congress. California Senator Alex Padilla, who's a Democrat, contends the struggle does not bode well for governing. KQED's Tyke Hendricks reports. Padilla is starting his first full term as a senator. He says even with Republicans controlling the House, he had hoped for bipartisan progress on issues like infrastructure. You know, if that's any indicator of how they're going to govern, they can't even select a leader from within their own ranks. It's going to be pretty challenging. Instead, Padilla says he and the Senate Democratic majority will focus on confirming President Biden's federal judge nominees. For the California Report, I'm Tyke Hendricks. In the Central Valley, Fresno County has joined neighboring Madera County in declaring an emergency due to the recent closure of Madera Community Hospital. Both counties are seeking state and federal help, saying the closure is expected to deplete already strained resources. Dr. Danielle Campaign is chief of the emergency department of Fresno's Community Regional Medical Center. She told the Board of Supervisors yesterday that she's afraid the situation will get dire and in a hurry. If this gets any worse, it's really hard to take care of patients, and you want to do the best by each patient. But soon, physicians are going to be able to have, they're going to have to do what's called crisis standards of care. So we're going to have to say who gets the OR, who gets the CAT scan, who gets a bed. 
Fresno County hospitals are already overcrowded with a growing number of COVID patients, plus those suffering from the flu and children needing care for respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV. According to the county resolution, many hospitals are in desperate need of additional staffing, but the high cost of travel nurses and financial challenges these facilities are already facing has left many to decide not to hire additional personnel. Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. The California Healthcare Foundation, listening to Black Californians, a new study on how the healthcare system undermines their pursuit of good health. On the web at chcf.org backslash lbca. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better. On the web at SchmidtFutures.com. And finally, as we start 2023, let's step back for a wider view of California and its nearly 40 million residents. What are some of the demographic trends that have shaped the state over the past year or two, and what might be ahead for us this year? To get some insights about that, I talked to Hans Johnson, a population expert at the Public Policy Institute of California. Johnson says when it comes to population trends, the state is undergoing some remarkable changes. You know, I've been a demographer in California for several decades, and I would say that this is possibly one of the biggest turning points that I've ever seen in terms of California's population change. And so the big news is that over the last two years, California has lost about 500,000 people. That is unprecedented. We have never had any period in recorded history in which California has lost population. So where did those half million people go? So some of them died. Um, Certainly that happens. Uh, The population of the state is aging. Um, But also uh, a large share of the increase in deaths that we we observed over the last couple of years were due to the pandemic and COVID. By our estimates, over 80% of the extra deaths that we uh, experienced over the last two years were due to COVID. Uh, So that's one place (laughs) where people went. Uh, another uh, place is that Californians uh, were increasingly more likely to be leaving the state over the last couple of years. We lost hundreds of thousands of residents to other states. And then birth rates have been declining. In 2008, California had what we call total fertility rate. That's the average number of children a woman will have in her lifetime was about 2.2. Uh, today, it's down to 1.5. That's a remarkable change, uh, over a 30% decline in a relatively short period of time. It mirrors what's happening in the rest of the country. This is not just a California phenomenon, but we had one of the sharpest declines in in the country. These changes all have conspired to, to lead to this population loss that we have right now. So if that's been California's recent demographic history, looking ahead to the coming year in 2023, what you expect to see happen? We expect to see that the number of deaths in California will decline slightly, even though the population is aging as we move into this other side of the pandemic. And so that that could actually lead to a slowdown in the population loss uh, and, and maybe even help reverse that loss. All right. We've been talking to Hans Johnson of the Public Policy Institute of California. Thank you so much for joining us on the California Report. Thank you so much, Saul. It's been a real pleasure.
And that is the California Report for Wednesday, January 4th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Remember to check out our daily California Report podcast and subscribe to it. Also, tune into your local public radio station for storm news in your part of the state. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez, here in L.A. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day and stay safe. Let's take a look at today's local news. Nevada Union High School has postponed tonight's NU Preview Night for incoming 8th grade families. The event has been moved due to Nevada County's Office of Emergency Services, concern for staffs and student safety as a winter storm continues to roll through Northern California. The Welcome Night provides 8th graders and their families a look at options and pathways available at NU. Counselors are there to make appointments to register for classes at the event. Nevada Union begins enrolling students for the 2023-2024 school year this month. No word yet on a rescheduled date. Andrew Trigg leaves his position as the Nevada County Sheriff's Department Information Officer and steps into a new role as Nevada County Fairgrounds CEO. The Nevada County Fair Board of Directors finalized the decision at their meeting Tuesday. Trigg has served as the president of the directors of the Nevada County Fairgrounds 17th District Agriculture Association since November 2013. Trigg is replacing previous fair CEO Dale Chase, who was terminated by the board in September 2022 after serving only nine months. This reported by the Union of Grass Valley. Turning our attention to your forecast from the National Weather Service, beginning today a series of atmospheric rivers collide with Northern California culminating in damaging wind, heavy rain, and snow and flooding. The winter storm caused Governor Gavin Newsom to declare a state of emergency. In a tweet earlier today, the governor's office explained the emergency proclamation will allow the state to respond quickly and support local efforts as the storm develops. Quote, We anticipate that this may be one of the most challenging and impactful series of storms to touch down in California in the last five years, says Nancy Ward the director of the Governor's Office of Emergency Services. At around 10.30 a.m., Nevada County Office of Emergency Services sent a code red email alerting residents to brace for intense rain, local flooding, and winds up to 70 miles per hour that may drive trees into power lines and across roads. The email cautioned residents to plan for wide area power outages and interruptions in communications. Nevada County OES recommends fueling up your car and generator checking on your neighbors, staying tuned to news sources, making sure you have enough groceries for 72 hours, ensuring you have a secondary way to heat your home, charging your cell phone, tablet, laptop, and charging blocks while you still have access to power, avoiding flooded roads. They remind you to never try and drive across a flooded road, avoiding the river fire burn scar due to potential for debris flow in the area, securing household items that may blow away in high winds, Reporting down trees or flooding on county-maintained roads at nevadacountyca.gov slash service request or by calling 530-265-1411 and reporting sewer overflows, spills, or flashing lights at wastewater facilities by calling 530-265-1555 to help prevent or address spills. Another reminder, don't open sewer cleanouts or break pipes to drain stormwater. 
For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, rain with potential for thunderstorms after 4 a.m. and the possibility of heavy rainfall, a low around 42 degrees. Winds could gust as high as 60 miles per hour. New rainfall amounts between 1 and 2 inches. Thursday, showers and possibly a thunderstorm, steady temperature around 43. New rainfall amounts between 1 and 2 inches. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, a chance of rain before 11 p.m. with slush starting after 11 and snow beginning after 2 a.m. with a low around 28 degrees. The snow level lowers to 6,100 feet after midnight with new snow accumulation of 3 to 7 inches possible. Thursday, heavy snow at times with a high near 35. Gusts as high as 30 miles per hour with new snow accumulation of 8 to 12 inches. And in Sacramento and Woodland, Tonight, rain and possibly a thunderstorm before 4 a.m. with a low around 51 degrees. Thursday, showers and possibly a thunderstorm before 4 p.m. with a high near 55. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Swearing-in officials for public office at the national level may currently be filled with drama, but how are things closer to home? Coming up, KVMR News producer Julia Jem takes us to Nevada County's Rood Center for the swearing-in of our local elected officials. On January 3, 2023, in the Nevada County Board Chambers, seven recently elected county officials were sworn into office. These officials included Natalie Adona for Clerk Recorder slash Registrar of Voters, Jesse Wilson for District Attorney, Shannon Moon for Sheriff Coroner slash Public Administrator, Susan Hook for District 4 Supervisor, Tina Vernon for Treasurer Tax Collector, Rolf Kleinhans for Assessor, and Lisa Swarthout for District 3 Supervisor. After acknowledging the Pledge of Allegiance, Natalie Adona, Jesse Wilson, Shannon Moon, Susan Hook, and Tina Vernon were asked to stand before Judge B. Scott Thompson, the Administrator of Oath. All at once, they were sworn in at the same time. After the swearing-in ceremony took place, each of those elected officials were asked to speak publicly. Here is Shannon Moon's public comment. Yeah, if they would have told me what uh, that first term was going to be like, uh, we, had, uh, we had some challenges, but uh, we got through them together. And it was, uh, at some points in our careers, a little divisive. Uh, but I, I think the, the true heart of who we are and who we are as a community did come through. Uh, and I'm definitely uh, honored to be the sheriff of my hometown. Uh, this is uh, a place where everybody has a choice where they live. And I was uh, fortunate enough to have been born here. And I choose to remain here and raise my children here because of this great community. Uh, 2023, uh, again, uh, I told our staff, uh, many of uh, which are here, uh, to put your seatbelts on because it's going to be epic. So an epic heart year. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, I would not be here today if it wasn't for my parents who are at home. They had some uh, power outages and they're in their early 80s, so they, they chose to stay home today, which uh, I, I certainly appreciate. Uh, I am a product of amazing parenting and, uh, and they have definitely guided me to where I am today. I would have never have been elected if it wasn't for my wife. Uh, when I got elected in 2018, my mom said, you, you realize you would have never gotten elected without Amy. Uh, and I, 
the story goes, uh, I would have never ran without Amy because she is uh, a 100% supporter uh, and my family uh, could not have done it without your guys' support the whole time. This community is a wonderful place. The staff at the Sheriff's Office are amazing men and women that I have the privilege to work with every single day. Uh, they have a front row seat to some of the uh, saddest days of people's lives and the happiest days of people's lives and they do it with such courage and such compassion. Uh, they are amazing men and women, and it's just wonderful to, to, to live and work in this community. So thank you all. Next, Shannon Moon served as the administrator of Oath. Rolf Kleinhans and Lisa Swarthout were asked to stand before her and were then sworn in at the same time. Afterwards, both Kleinhans and Swarthout were also asked to make public comment. I attended the ceremony and spoke briefly with Natalie Adona after the meeting was adjourned. I asked her if she had any specific goals for 2023. Here's what she had to say. Yeah, um, you know, I am the new clerk recorder, registrar of voters, and it's all about you know, continuing on providing the public with excellent customer service, planning for the next election, and continuing operations as normal. For KVMR, I'm Julia Jem. A bomb cyclone fueled by an atmospheric river is now arriving. KVMR science correspondent Al Stoller explains the basics. Playing catch on a carousel is tricksy. Every pitch is a curveball. Planet Earth is nothing if not a humongous carousel. And just as on any other carousel, playing catch on the spinning Earth can be tricksy. Suppose you're playing catch with the wind. Because of the spin of the earth, the winds flow, the winds blow in curvy paths. A storm whose winds have picked up the spin of the earth is a cyclone. Hurricanes are tropical cyclones. Cyclones also blow outside the tropics. These are extratropical cyclones. The winter storms that bring us rain are extratropical cyclones. A cyclone is a rain-making machine. The storm sucks in the air around it and uses the water vapor in that air to make rain. But there's a limit to how much rainwater can be wrung from the air in our neighborhood. When you're playing with a ball of clay, you can take that clay. You can roll it between your hands and shape it into a snake. Winds shape air, much as you and I shape clay. From time to time, winds just outside the tropics Perhaps storm winds somewhere out across the Pacific. Those winds latch onto a mass of air from the tropics, a mass of super moist air from the tropics. And those winds shape that moist tropical air, not by rolling it in their hands, but by blowing it this way and that. Winds can shape that tropical air into a stream, a long, narrow stream, and send that stream of air, super moist air, send that stream flowing, across the Pacific, flowing toward North America. That stream of moist tropical air holds a lot of water vapor. It can hold more water than any of the largest rivers on Earth. It can hold more water than all the largest rivers on Earth put together. Thus the name for such a stream of moist air. It is an atmospheric river. If an atmospheric river arrives on the West Coast, at the right place, at the right time, the storm blowing over us, sucks it in. 
The storm feeds that atmospheric river into its machinery, into its rain and snowmaking machinery. And we enjoy or endure an atmospheric river event. An extratropical cyclone that intensifies super fast, intensifies explosively, like the one heading our way, that is a bomb cyclone. Bomb cyclones are not necessarily stronger or wetter than other cyclones. But bomb cyclones usually put their high-pressure air close to their low, and that is a recipe for wind. Earth's orbit around the sun is not a circle. Part of the year we're a bit closer to the sun, part of the year a bit farther away. Today, this morning, just after 8 a.m., Earth got as close as it could to the sun. Not 93 million miles, but 91 and a half million miles. That does make sunlight just a tad stronger these days, but not that we're likely to notice it. In combination with other tweaks to our orbit, though, over many thousands of years, tweaks to our sunshine can have major effects on Earth's climate. Think Ice Age. The shortest day of the year went by back in December. Even before then, the sun started setting a little bit later and later each day. But to make up for that, the sun has also been rising later and later each day. Tomorrow, Thursday, the sun will rise at its absolute latest. And after that, beginning Friday, the sun will rise earlier by a few seconds, but it will keep rising earlier and earlier until finally we will not have to rise before the sun. For KVMR, I'm Al Stoller. That's our newscast for this Wednesday, January 4th. Visit us online at kvmr.org and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. KVMR gets support from generous listeners like you and Nevada County Citizens for Choice, promoting reproductive justice and equitable reproductive health care access, advocacy, education with compassionate services for women, men, and teens. Learn more at citizensforchoice.org and Sierra College Nevada County Campus, offering degrees, certificates, and training for jobs or career, plus courses available in creative writing, sculpture, music, theater, and more. Winter registration is now open online at sierracollege.edu slash UCAN. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Join us Thursday at 6 for another edition of the KVMR Evening News. Stay safe out there.